Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Are you blessed? Highly favorite? I need somebody to, to dance while I'm, I'm spe- <laughs> preaching. <laughs> if I call out somebody, would you do it? <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> Star, you know he wouldn't. He wouldn't dare. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was really cool. Really cool. It was really a treat with, with Emily. It was really a treat. <laughs> Today, we're continuing with our message on the twenty-third Psalm. We did talk about, I guess, about three different different things about. 23rd Psalm. First of all, we, we said, what do you like? What do you like? And we mentioned that some people want to be like a lion, like a bear, or even a, like a liberty flame. And we said, well, uh, that's really good. What does God say? And we found that God said we are like sheep. So the second message basically was, we just want to be like a sheep. So we talked about that, and we Last week, went through most of the fourth verse of the 23rd Psalm, and we're going to try to finish it today. Lord willing, let's see what, what happens. Let's turn to the 23rd Psalm. Let's see what God has for us today. Most of you know it already, and you've been reviewing it, I hope, and seeing all the revelation maybe that God is adding to what you already knew and what I've given It says in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. And we said that uh, we broke each word down, really. Uh, We said the Lord is not just a Lord. It's not a supreme uh, controller. Sarah called Abraham Lord. So it's not just a Lord. It's the Lord is my shepherd. And not only is he a lot of people's shepherd, he's your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not want. And so we talked about shepherd. We talked about uh, all those words. And let's think about the first verse. I like to think for this message is, what is my shepherd and who is he to me? You need to answer that question. What is your shepherd to you? Who is your shepherd to you? Because that's going to mean a lot when you're talking about your intimacy with the Lord. What is he to you? Who is he to you? So I'm I'm going to talk about maybe six things he is to me. And we're starting with the review. The Lord is my shepherd. He's He's my comfort, in other words. He's my comfort. Knowing that the Lord is my shepherd is a comfort to me. Yahweh, Jehovah, El Shaddai, he is my shepherd. That's a comfort, a very much a comfort to me. Now, if we even think about the New Testament, because we're talking about Jesus Christ being a shepherd, let's look in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, let's look there, and we'll see what he says about comfort. 
or comforter. Verse 16. The Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 16. It's on your screen. I'm reading from the New American Standard. It says, I will ask the Father, I meaning Jesus Christ, I will ask the Father, here you even see the Trinity going on. I, Jesus, will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. And the King James might say, a comforter. Now, another is not another of a different kind. This another is another of the same quality. It's just like Jesus. In other words, I'm going to send you somebody just like me. I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to send you somebody just like me. He's a helper. He's a what we call a paraclete in, in Greek. He is an advocate. He is the person that's going to be with you. And my, my Bible in the New American Standard says be with you. And it, King James would say abide with you. That word abide with you means that he's going to remain. It's perpetual, in other words. Perpetual. It's not going to stop. When you are born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. He's with you, and this is permanency. This is perpetual. This is forever. This is all the time. He doesn't leave and come back. Leave and come back. You do something and say, well, well, you grieved the Holy Spirit, so now he's gone. You don't have the Holy Spirit anymore. Oh, yes, you do. Because it says so. He will be with you. He will abide with you. He will remain with you perpetually forever. And I don't have to look up in the Greek to know what forever is. Is that correct? Forever. So we know that at least to me, I hope he is to you, that he is a comfort to you because he is the comforter and he didn't leave us comfortless. He's given us the Holy Spirit. So I'm excited about my shepherd being a comforter to me. He's not just a comfort, a comfort to me, he's the comforter. So With the comforter comes comfort. I don't care what hours of the night it is. I don't care what hours of the morning it is. He's a comfort to me. I don't care what I'm going through. He's a comfort to me. Because if you're like me, you go through some things. He's a comfort to you. I hope he's that way with you. Let's go back to 23rd Psalm, second verse. The Lord, to me, my Lord, not only is my comfort, but he is my security. Anybody who's married or anyone who wants to get married, any young lady wants to get married, you know that you want security. Am I correct? You want security. You don't want some flaky dude marrying you. They can't hold a job. You don't know where your next meal coming from. Come on, am I right? You want to be secure, not only financially, but in your relationship. You don't want to be one every time they leave home, whether they're with someone else. 
You want security. Well, my shepherd to me, and I hope he is to you, security. You know you are secure when you have the great shepherd as your shepherd. Now, let's look at that in verse um, 2. And it says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, so you know you got food. He leaves me beside still or quiet waters. Oh, you know you have water. He restores my soul. You know that he, he is working on your emotions, your will, your intellect. He's working on everything, your mind. And it says that he leaves me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Then last week we talked about even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And to me, my shepherd is a protector. He's a protector. And I hope he is for you. And that's why in, the, in that verse, the fourth verse last, last week, we talked about even though we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, even though there may be uh, uh, shadows of death, and I see them, I don't fear any evil, Because of my protector. He's my protector. And I hope he is to you. Now we stop that. I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Let's pick it up where we left off. Your rod. And your staff. They comfort me. Now you wonder. Can a rod comfort? Because when you think about a rod, and in Proverbs it says, spare the rod and you spoil the child. And so we know we're talking about, ooh, <laughs> I don't know how, to, how a rod can be a comfort. But let's look at it a little bit more in the Eastern mindset. When a shepherd had a rod, in, in Leviticus, the sheep, he, he made each sheep pass under the rod. And under the rod means he would count them. So, therefore, he knew when a sheep was missing. He knew it. That's a comfort to me to know that my shepherd knows where I am. Nobody can kidnap me and and they don't know where I am. My shepherd knows. Not in the battle, kidnap me. Uh, I don't have any money, so <laughs> can't kidnap me. Isn't that a comfort to know? There is nowhere you can go without your shepherd knowing where you are. Nowhere you can go. Can you go to the farthest part, the furthest part of the, of the world? Can you go there and he not know? Can you go to the highest of the heavens? And he doesn't know where you are. Can you hide in darkness and he won't see you? Because darkness is just like light to him. The deepest darkness is just like the brightest light. Can you go into the depths of the ocean and he not know where you are? He knows. He knows where you are. That's a comfort to me, that he knows where I am. Now, the rod also is something that can keep me from being um, apathetic. 
liturgical or just uh, just going through the motions of Christianity. Have any of you sometimes gone through the motions, like in, in your devotional time, in your in your quiet time with the Lord, you just go through the motions. You, know, you say, oh, man, it's just a dry season. I just open the Bible wherever it opens to uh, look at it, and maybe he'll speak to me there. And, and it's just a dry, just going through the motions. Well, I don't know about you, but he brings conviction to me. And it's so sweet of a conviction. It's not one of these heavy things where woe is you, you know, uh, it's going to be bad news because uh, from now on your roof going to fall in. No, it's just a, a, just a sweet something that I thought you loved me. I thought you wanted to spend time with me. I didn't think you were so busy doing the, the things that I've, I've asked you to do or the things that you want to do in the world that you don't want to spend time with me. I want to talk to you. He, 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 he draws me to himself because he wants a relationship with me. And sometimes I get apathetic. Sometimes you know, I just, I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about, don't you? So sometimes he chases me. And you say, well, a rod, you know, you can't. A sheep, sometimes a sheep will be wandering over there, watching a butterfly doing something, you know, want to eat the green grass over here, and and the shepherd's taking the sheep over here. You don't want to be behind the flock. And everybody's going, and, and, and you're just there because there are things that prey on sheep. And so the shepherds sometimes come and say, hey, hey, come on, come on, come on, come on up here. You can't stay back here because he cares. He cares. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even you think of a staff, you think of a staff can be a rod and a staff at the same time because the staff would have the crook part. That part, oh, if I'm stuck somewhere, I've slipped a little bit and I'm, I'm hanging over the cliff, he can reach in with this little crook and draw me. Oh, it's a comfort to know that he has a rod and a staff. They comfort me. They comfort me. That is, to me, who my shepherd is, to me, in verse, latter part of verse 4. Oh, I'm so good uh, to know how he's revealed to me that he is my shepherd and he's all these things. It says here in verse 5, you prepare, ha <laughs> ha, not somebody else. You prepare a table before me. What is the difference between your shepherd preparing a table for you and somebody else preparing a table for you? What's, what's the difference? Just think. The shepherd knows you by name. He knows everything. Does Jesus know us? He knows every hair that's on your head. He knows every hair that's not on your head. He knows everything about you, right? 
he knows he knows what you think about in in, in, in the secret times in your in your home. He knows what you've been going through. He knows everything. He, being your shepherd, knows what to feed you. He knows what to prepare for you. It's not like going to a restaurant because a restaurant, we don't have waiters and waitresses come up to us and say, oh, I'm glad you're here. We have prepared this meal for you. No. No, you go to that restaurant, you'll say, who asked you what I want? Man, you know, where's your menu, right? I want to get what I want, but not with our shepherd. Our shepherd, we don't say, hey, where's your menu, shepherd? Do we? With the Lord? No. We expect the Lord to prepare a table before us, don't we? Oh, that's so good because I, I believe that he knows what, what, what I need. I know he knows what I need. So therefore, he is, to me, it's, it's like a, a standard. He, he, he's like a standard. In the Bible, standard is like a banner. It's like when Israel, they were camped out. Judah would have a standard. Ephraim would have a standard. They'd have a pole with a flag on it, a banner on it. And the Lord's people are known by the standard. And if you uh, are like I am, you watch westerns and things like that. The good, the bad, the ugly, for, you know, <laughs> this full of dollars for a few dollars more. You watch these things, and you watch, <laughs> you watch the cavalry come. When the cavalry coming in, you, you're going to hear something, and you'll see something, right? And you're going to see a lot of dust. But you also see, <laughs> you also see a standard. The cavalry always have a, a pole with a flag on it. And you always hear, you always hear somebody saying something, don't you? You know that here comes the cavalry. You okay now? The cavalry is coming. Well, well, see, I believe that God, my shepherd, is my standard. Because when someone looks out and sees the sheep, they see the standard. They see the flag. Oh, that's the Lord's sheep. You don't mess with the Lord's sheep. You see, that's the standard thing. Because, see, it says that in here that I'm looking at it, that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We need a standard. We need a standard because the enemies, the enemies, they need to know whose sheep they are. They're not just stray sheep. These are the great shepherd sheep. Because the standard is, is up. The flag is up. So not only is he preparing a table before me that I need just for me, just for me, but he also has his standard up to let the enemies know, don't mess with my sheep. You remember in the Old Testament it will tell you that touch not my anointed. And do my prophets no harm. Oh, the standard. That's what I'm talking about, the standard. That's what we have in our shepherd. I hope he's our shepherd because I hope you feel that way about your shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you feel that way about your shepherd? He's your standard? Of course you do. Another instance of, of of a standard, 
uh, let's look at Psalm of Solomon, chapter, uh, let, let's go to chapter probably 2, verse 4, and Psalm of Solomon will be right after Psalm turn a couple of pages and whatever to your left, past Proverbs, and we should be there at the Ecclesiastes, chapter 2. The standard. What is a standard? It's like a flag. It's like a banner. So the standard is. And this is a well-known passage because it was talking about the, the Shulamite woman to Solomon. Verse 4 says, He has brought me to his banquet hall. <laughs> has our shepherd brought us to his banquet hall? Yes, he has. He set a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And his banner or his standard over me is, come on, love. Love. Oh, that is so, that is so awesome to know that his banner it's not just a banner, but it has something on that banner. What does it say? Love. His banner over us is love. Love. No matter what the enemy may say, no matter what the devil may say, he can say all these things about us, but God says his banner over us is love. He loves us. He loves us. Regardless of what you think you haven't done, regardless of what you know you have done, his banner over you is love. Is love. And we know we all fall short, don't we? But we know we're, we're gonna get there because that's the sanctification, sanctification process and we know that our Lord and our Savior we know that our shepherd, he left us a comforter, and we know that the Holy Spirit, he's a sanctifier, fire. he's going to get us there. He's going to move us from one place of sanctification to another. We're going to get there. By the time we leave this body and get our glorified body, we'll be ready. We will be ready. Just like Peter, when he denied the Lord, it doesn't matter when when it all said and done, when the Holy Spirit comes, Peter was a different person. We're going to be different when we get our glorified body. His banner over us is love. Love. Let's turn to another scripture. Maybe uh, we can quickly get to Isaiah 62. Let's see what that would say. And... I like maybe verse 10. It says, go through, go through the gates, clear, clear the way for the people, build up, build up the highway 
Remove the stones, lift up the standard. Lift up the what? Standard. What is a standard? Like a banner. Over the people. Over the peoples. Lift up a standard over the people. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, said to the daughter of Zion, Lo, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. And they will call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you will be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. His banner over us is love. Believe me, Israel was not in good shape. Judah, they're not in good shape. They are not doing what they should do. But in the end, it all boils down still that his banner over you is love. Regardless of what comes and what doesn't come, his banner over you is love. You must remember that. You must remember. Don't let the enemy tell you that there's anything else on that banner except love. Very important. Let's go back to Psalm 23. So we know he's our comfort. We know he's our security. We know he's our protector. We know he's our standard. And it says here, you have anointed my head with oil. Ooh. Oh, wow. This is good. My shepherd has anointed my head with oil. Anytime, usually, someone anoints someone, if it's, if it's an Old Testament type of situation, the prophet, like let's say Moses, God told Moses to anoint Aaron, his brother, with oil. The anointing oil. Didn't he? Because he was going to be the high priest. Do you know that we are a kingdom of priests in the New Testament? It says that he anoints our head before. Oh, he must think highly of us. Our shepherd, doesn't he? We, we are anointed. We are anointed. We have the unction inside of us. We really do. Because we have the, the unction, that anointing, that's what unction means, and King James said unction, it's the anointing, the anointing inside of us is the Holy Spirit. And we have that anointing. We've been anointed. He anoints our head with oil. Let's look at, at a, a verse, Luke 7. Let's go there, Luke 7, 30, 36. Hold your place right there. Because we're going to come right back to it. Luke 7, 36. The Gospel of Luke. Chapter 7. Verse 36. And we'll see something here. About the culture. A little bit. When somebody anoints you. They are blessing you. They are also. They are. Thinking very highly of you as a guest. 
our shepherd anoints our head with oil. It's a lot we can talk about in, in the anointing, but let's just dwell right here just for a little bit. In verse 36 it says, Now one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him, and he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And there a woman, there was a woman in the city who was a sinner, and when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to weep, began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with her hair, the hair of her head, and kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. Now, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Verse, verse 41. The money, <laughs> he says, say it, teacher, say it, teacher. I know you got something good to say to me. You don't know what I'm thinking, but Jesus said something good to me. Said something good. A money lender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon Anson said, I suppose the one who he forgave more. And he said, you have judged correctly. Turning to the woman, he said uh, to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. Talking about a Pharisee. You gave me no water for my feet. In the Eastern culture, what, what, if you have a guest coming house, what are you supposed to do? Wash the feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. She must have thought highly of her, this guest, huh? Verse 45. You gave me no kiss, but since the time I came in has not ceased to kiss my feet. Ooh, she has ceased. Verse 46. You did not anoint my head with oil. So what's part of that culture? Not only is uh, washing the feet, greeting with a kiss, but also anointing the head with oil. Our shepherd anoints our head. We must be important to our shepherd. My shepherd thinks I'm important. I believe that you believe the same way about our shepherd, don't you? And it says that, But she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason I say to you, Her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. So this woman loved the Lord so much that she did all what the Pharisee wouldn't do and didn't do. Jesus, our shepherd, it says, let's turn back to Psalm 23. It says that not only did he prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, but he anointed my head with oil. Oh, my good shepherd. He thinks so highly of me. 
Our shepherd thinks highly of us. Do you hear me? So where you are sitting today, regardless of what you have been through, regardless of what you are going through, regardless of what you will go through, because we don't know what we will go through, our shepherd thinks highly of us. His banner over us is love. And he anoints you. You are anointed. And it says, my cup overflows. Oh, come on now. Not only, you wouldn't bring a guest to your house and wouldn't ask him, would you want a cup of water? You're going to ask him something, won't you? You're going to give him something. You're going to provide for him. Not only is our shepherd providing for us, but our cup overflows. It overflows. Now, that speaks of not only that provision as a guest, but it also speaks of he's providing so much for, for you that you don't have a need for all of it. Your cup overflows and it spills on anybody that you're around. It's enough for somebody else. Your cup overflows. It overflows. You remember how, how it was with uh, you, you remember Joseph when he was in Egypt after he was the head of the second in command of all Egypt and they finally brought their brother his brother Benjamin and he Set him around the table by birth order. How much did he give to Benjamin compared to others? Man, he, he loaded him down. It's like, like his plate overflowed. Overflowed. It's like going to a Bacha Grill or Golden Corral somewhere. I mean, you, you get so much. You, your plate overflowed. You can't hold it. You, you need sideboards on that plate. You can't hold it. He said, your cup overflows. He's providing for us, our good shepherd. It says, surely goodness, verse 6, and mercy, King James said, loving kindness, New America standing, will follow me all the days of my life. That speaks to me of covenant. My, <laughs> my shepherd, our shepherd is a covenant keeping shepherd. He keeps covenant. He never forgets. Has he forgotten Israel? Regardless from, from, from the time that he uh, set, set, set him apart, Abram called him out, called him Israel, you know, changed Jacob's name. They are his. Do you not believe that Israel will always be his? What he says in prophecy will come to pass. Believe me. That's why you don't want to be against Israel, the nation of Israel. You don't want to be against the Jews. Because they were blinded for us to be able to come in. And don't think just in a wild branch is drafted in. Don't you know that the rightful branch is going to be drafted back in? Oh, it's going to be coming in too. All of us, whether Jew or Gentile, we're going to be under one banner. Love. 
Oh, yes. If we're born again. So, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Covenant, covenant, covenant. Jeremiah 33, and if you turn there for me, verse 20. We're going to come right back to and end up. End up. In, in Jeremiah 33, he is a covenant keeping shepherd. My shepherd is a covenant keeper, and yours is too. Let's look at verse 20 and 21. It says, Thus says the Lord. He was talking to Jeremiah. If you can break covenant, if you can break my covenant for the day and my covenant for the night, so that day and night will not be at their appointed time, then my covenant may also be broken with David, my servant, that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne and, my, and, and, and with the Levitical priests, my ministers. All the way through the Bible, he's saying the same thing. He's a covenant-keeping God. Nobody can break covenant with day or night. It's going to exist to God cause it to be not in existence in the New Jerusalem because he'll be the light. I'm telling you, he's a covenant-keeping shepherd. And it says, that's why, that's why we, can, we can say, David could say, we can say, surely, surely, goodness and mercy will follow me Oh, the days of my life. Surely. Not surely pain, calamity, going to follow me. No. No. We have a covenant-keeping God. His banner of us is love. So therefore, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And when it's all over, all said and done, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because he's a covenant-keeping God. He means what he says. And we are his. Are we not? Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.